Yeah, you know, uh, it has been my pleasure to, to try to impart to you something from the Lord in uh, the book of Romans in chapter 7, uh, where we hope to maybe conclude chapter 7 today. It, it is an uh, amazing chapter in the book of Romans how Paul was teaching the Christians in Rome um, how to grow properly. You know, you can grow properly or you can grow improperly. And uh, what we want to do here today is just to expound on the scriptures here in Romans so that you might walk out of here and, and make Jesus really, as it were, quote-unquote, proud of you. I, I know that's a little bit of a tricky thing to say that, but I mean, I want him to be very pleased with you. The scripture says that when Jesus was baptized in the Jordan, that God... Uh, spoke out of heaven audibly and he said this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased and so we want you to be well pleased in your growth process so in Romans we found that in in Romans chapter 7 uh, uh, here verse 12 he says the law is holy and the commandment is holy and just and good and then in verse 13 Verse 13, he says, has then what is good become death to me? Because Paul was describing what the law did. The law of God. We, we talk about the, yeah, the first five books of, of, uh, of uh, the Old Testament. We're also talking about the Ten Commandments. And we're talking ab ab about just basically the entire Old Testament. What we would call the Old Testament because there's a New Testament that we also adhere to. And so in this... Uh, Paul was telling us uh, how the law could not make us perfect, how, how the law uh, was um, there to, as it were, remind us of who we were. Uh, Paul tells us in Galatians, and we'll teach on that at some later date, but how the law was our tutor to lead us to Christ. So the law had its purpose, and uh, we'll find out. We'll reiterate some of these things later. But the law is basically showing you who you are and uh, how bad you are, uh, you know, without Jesus. I'll li leave that so, so somebody doesn't despair. And so you have si a situation in you that you cannot cure and nobody else can cure. No matter how you try, you can't do it. And this is what the law is there for. So, so he says, uh, has then what is good become death to me? And he answers, certainly not. Or God forbid, I like that one, God forbid. But sin, that it might appear sin, was producing death in me through what is good. So that sin, through the commandment, might become exceedingly sinful. So what Paul is saying is that God's purpose was to show you how ugly sin is. You and I can never make a peace treaty with sin. It's like we don't hear a lot ab about sin and how degrading it is and how destructive it is. We almost want to sanitize the gospel so that people who don't believe in the gospel would accept us. It's almost like that. So we, we, we should preach what uh, Jesus preached. We should preach what Paul preached. And I think that the more we see that day uh, coming, uh, that day approaching us, we need to know more clearly who we are in Christ Jesus. I, I happened to get some 
um, notifications on my phone and I didn't realize because I've pulled away from the news there's so much lying and hypocrisy so I just sort of pulled away and just sometimes when I'm listening to it my spirit man is grieved and I said I'm going to pull away and just be with Jesus and let him inform me and so when I need to look at a notification it's there and, and I, I'm informed I'm not uninformed I'm never going to ask you to be uninformed but to be informed but allow the Holy Spirit to inform you I was looking at, and then I saw this this thing with Serbia and Kosovo and fighting there and everywhere we turn there's discontent and there there are malicious things that are going on people that you would have hoped or thought would be better or not and what my heart is, is saying is that the Christians ought to make the world or your neighborhood better rather than you taking part in what is bad. Uh, now the law will expose us. So that is the, the righteous law of God. The law of God it, it is a good law. It is just. It's holy. And so it's not sinful. But it shows you how sinful you are. Now let's look at uh, uh, some things that verse, verses 12 and 13 show us. Uh, Paul's argument is very, is very much amazing. He says to us, the law is not sinful. All right? It's very important because some people are drawing a conclusion, erroneous conclusion, that the law was, a, was, was, was a sinful. No, it's not sinful. He says, but the law reveals sin, and it also arouses sin, and then uses sin to slay us. That, that's, sure, that's how evil sin is. And, uh, but the law, when the law says you shall not covet, that you want to covet. The, 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 the law says um, you shall not commit adultery. You want to commit adultery. I mean, that's kind of the way that thing is. So the le more legalistic it seems to me that Christians are, the worse they become. But when you re remember, God, I'm a sinner. I remember a number of years ago, uh, I was talking to Pastor Matt. Matt, we were in the oil business to feel, feel together. And we were having one of those moments. And he said, you know, sometimes I, w I wish that, that if we would come to church, and just like the Alcoholics Anonymous people would say, I'm so-and-so and I'm an alcoholic. So I wish we could just come to church and say, I'm so-and-so and I'm a sinner. And then we could get started. Uh, that stayed with me all these years, 40 years. It stayed with me because I thought sometimes we're trying to hide who we are, but the, but the law exposes us and, uh, and that we are, we are exceedingly sinful. But we're going to get to that. There's hope here, all right? It says the law accomplishes uh, the results that say uh, something is wrong. Something is radically wrong with me. Something needs attention. That's what it, it says. So when you and I try to live by the law, if we find that we always find ourselves stumbling, stumbling when we try to live by the law. Paul tells us that, that we are living in the realm of grace. So let's live in the realm of grace. Grace is not um, given to us so that we can just be crazy and sin all we want to. That's not the purpose of grace. You know, you know grace 
brings us faith, and from faith we enter to more, as it were, more grace. And Paul says we start to stand in it, and and, that, and, and in this sphere of grace we find acceptance uh, with God, and we are acceptable to God. It doesn't mean again that we go and sin because we're under grace. No, you don't go and sin because you're under grace. All right, and so we see then again how sinful sin is that it can use something good like the law to produce bad results. The law is, is good. It's, it's uh, just. It's holy. But then sin will use it to bring about something good, to aspire um, or to arouse something in you uh, that is against that very law. It shows you how bad sin is. Those of us who have been um, uh, hoping that the things around us were going to be pristine and wonderful. I think that we've had a rude awakening. And for um, about 35 of the 37 years, uh, for the most part, we have been pointing, directing everyone to Jesus Christ. And somebody might say, well, are you that radical? I'm even more radical. Yeah. yeah I want everybody to be uh, uh, a servant of Jesus, Jesus Christ. I want everybody to know him as Lord, as Savior. I want everybody to abandon every other philosophy that they have and, and embrace the Lord Jesus, who he is and what he's done, and the Holy Spirit of God. Yes, I want that. I want that. Not only do I want that, but God wants that. So the problem is never the law. The problem is my sinful nature. My sinful nature. Have you ever noticed how when you think that you're clocking really well, you know, you're doing really well, you're clocking really, really well. Man, I'm doing really good. I'm doing really good. And then whammo. You, you know, you know that? Yeah. Yeah, whammo. You, you make some mistake. You think, man, I haven't lost my cool in a long, long time. And, and all of a sudden, pew, it, you know what it says? It doesn't say, this is hopeless. It says, God, I need help. And he says, that's why I gave you my son. I told you the story about my life when, as a young pastor, I was, I was really trying to live holy and righteous. And, and I would say I did some pretty, I did good um, uh, for a while. Uh, you know, maybe a few minutes, maybe a few hours, you know, you know, maybe something like that. But I remember one day I was so exasperated, I shouted out to heaven. You've heard that, right? God, if you want me, if you want me to live like this way, you're going to have to do it. Yeah, but I shouted out in desperation. And I, I sensed uh, in my spirit, man, a sigh in heaven as, as though God was saying, ah, he finally got it. He finally got it. And I've been getting more of that ever since. So in verse 13, Paul lets us know that the law cannot save you from sin. Now, who, who is the only person that can save you from sin? Jesus. Jesus Christ is the only one that can save you for, uh, from sin. So the law is letting you know that you need a helper, and that's where Jesus comes in. Now, there are those who, who have wanted to re-inform me and say, no, the Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, they've done that to me a lot. And I'm saying, well, you have the Holy Spirit because of Jesus. Amen. Yeah, yeah, Jesus. The, Jesus sent the Holy Spirit. Jesus sent uh, the Holy Spirit, did not come to indwell you on his own. Jesus sent him. The Father sent him, the Bible says, and Christ sent him. So the Father and the Son sent you the Holy Spirit. And, and, uh, and the Holy Spirit's life in you, his power 
in you is an argument for the divinity of Jesus Christ. So it argues for that. Amen. And so we're going to need Jesus every day, not every other day, all right? We, we don't want you to despair. So has what is good become death to me? Certainly not. But that sin might appear sin, that, that sin, but sin, that it might appear sin, was producing death in me through what is good. So that sin, through the commandment, might become what? Exceedingly sinful. Exceedingly sinful. So Paul's argument uh, is... is, is, is uh, I think good enough for me that that sin is sinful and there's something wrong with me not with the law so verse 14 says for we know that the law is spiritual now that's very big the law is spiritual right the law is spiritual uh, but I'm carnal so that's the issue that's the problem the law is spiritual but I am carnal, sold under sin in Deuteronomy chapter 10 verses 12 and 13 we'll turn there Deuteronomy chapter 10, verses 12 and 13. He says, And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, and to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul, and to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes, which I command you today for your good. So the law is spiritual. Man. The law is spiritual, but I am carnal. That's the problem. Let's look at Romans 6.16. Romans 6.16. We, we read that recently, but let's do it again. So Romans 6.16 6, say, uh, says, Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one slave whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness? And what God is showing us is that all of us must obey God. We must obey the Word of God. We must follow the Spirit of God. Whenever the Holy Spirit moves in us, uh, uh, concerning something that we are to do, we are to follow that. And the Word of God is there sanctioning it, saying, yes, 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 agreeing. The Word of God is our witness. Uh, so in verse 15, Paul's just bringing this thing to, um, just to the nitty-gritty for me. He says, for what I am doing, I do not understand. And that's so is a picture of us. Sometimes Christians just despair and say, I can't live right, so I'm going to go back to the world. That's really nutty. Amen. No, you can't go back to what's destroying you. You know, no, you stay with the Lord. And, and there are warnings there that for all of us as believers, as every, every one of us, each one of us in this house and online has had a moment when you thought, God, I need some help here. I need some help. Well, well, God is saying, Jesus is your help. Jesus is your help. And so when the Holy Spirit came in, in, into your heart, he came in to give you the empowerment of God, the empowerment of the Nazarene, the empowerment of Jesus Christ. So that's what we want to walk in. She says, for what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will to do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, that I do. These things used to just, just mess me up. I mean, I thought, you know, if this is the way I'm going to live as a Christian, um, I'm just not going to make it. Because I was looking at it in a legalistic way in that I had to have all the outward signs. I need, I need to perfect the outward 
and then I was going to be all right. But God says, no, I am moving on the inside. And so when I am moving on the inside, you'll find that more and more you are doing those bad things less and less. Amen. That's really what's happening. That's what's happening. You, you will not follow those, those cravings or desires. Galatians chapter 5 verse 17 um, says, For the flesh, you know, the, your natural person, lusts against the spirit. And the spirit against the flesh, your natural place. So the spirit in you is contrary to what the flesh is. He says these are contrary to one another. So then that means that your natural man does not want to follow the spirit of God. Doesn't matter how you educate him, he's still crazy. You can look at, look at the whole world. Look at the whole world. I just talked to you about things that are going on in Europe. They're going on in Asia. They're going on here in North America. There are people that we have seen. We've seen them on television. Some of them we voted for. And we thought that they were reasonable. And we see how unreasonable they are. That's not something that a pastor should not say. Well, stay out of politics. No, I'm in the gospel here. No, this is the gospel. This is, no, it's not politics. This is the gospel that says that the Holy Spirit, the Spirit in you, lusts against the flesh. So the Spirit in you should not want to follow evil people. Amen. That's what he's saying to us. We have to get that right. We have to get that right. Because, and it's not like, oh, one party over the other. They're both bad. They're just not bad the same. Amen. But they're both taking us to the, the, the abyss. So what we want to do is, is follow the Holy Spirit. Follow the Holy Spirit. What about follow the Holy Spirit don't we understand? Follow the Holy Spirit. He says they are contrary one to another so that you do not do the things that you wish. So the flesh is always trying to get you to do something that you should not do. This is amazing. But we're going to walk this thing out. I'm telling you, there, I've seen it in the Spirit. We're going to walk it out. It's going to be those of us who walk it out. It doesn't mean we're going to be perfect in every way. It means we're going to be getting there. Verse 16 says, If then I do what I will not to do, I agree with the law that it is good. Now, I didn't know I was agreeing with the law that it was good. I was just frustrated. Yeah, uh, and so I'm glad the Word of God is here to corroborate what the Spirit of God has done. And the Spirit is corroborating what the Word of God says. It's so beautiful. So good in this case means beautiful, noble, and excellent. So I agree that the law is good. It's, it's kalos or kalos, los, K-A-L-O-S in the Greek. It means beautiful, noble, and excellent. But in verse 12, we found out he says, he used another word that says it's useful and upright. And many of our Bibles, it says it was holy, just and good. But he says uh, it's useful and upright. So then we know that the law did not cause man to sin. The law uh, tells us that we need help. We need God's help. Verse 17. But now it is no longer I who do it. Now this really uh, caused me for many years just consternation I'm going to say. You know I'm going God. But now it's no longer I will do it. But I did it. He said, no. Uh, God has brought you out of that uh, realm of domination by sin. He has brought you out of that. No, he says, no, this is sin, but it's not you. It's that when Adam sinned, sin 
became our biggest enemy. It dwelt in us. So Paul says, but now it's no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. So as long as we have this corporal body, this natural body, we will have sin dwelling in us. That's what he says. This sin dwells in me. But Paul teaches us that we are don't, we're not to obey that. So we have the ability not to obey because we have, we have been now delivered to another master. We, and the scripture says we have been delivered, as it were, by the gospel to the gospel, right? So here he says, for I know that in me, and he, 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 parenthetically he says, that is in my flesh or in my natural body. He said, for I know that, it, that in me, nothing good dwells. Amen. Some of you look at me and say, what are you talking about, preacher? <laughs> yeah, that little boy on that show, you know. What are you talking about, Willis? <laughs> yeah. But now it is no longer I who do it, but the sin that dwells in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. Now listen to what Paul goes on to say. For to will is present with me. I want to do right. I want to please God. I want to see Jesus. He says, but how to perform what is good I do not find. So you, you're going to need some help. You're going to need some help. So we are telling everybody about Jesus Christ because we know in the world you're going to need help. You're going to need help, right? You're going to need help. So every day we must cry out to Jesus, Lord, help me, Lord. I pray like that all the time. Help me, Lord. I don't say, I got this, God, just watch me. No. No, I don't ever do that. I mean, I don't ever do that. And I don't counsel the Lord. You know, I remember giving God suggestions on how to take care of me. And I realized that every time I gave him a, 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 what I thought was a good suggestion, it was a lousy one. You know, Paul asked, who has been his counselor? I'm not his counselor. So I just tell him, help me. You know what to do. You know what to do. All right? So let's do that. In, in Genesis chapter 6, verse 5, this is what I have found. The Romans is so amazing, such an amazing book that you'll find it just the, the, the powerful truths that are there for us, that, help, that are helping us walk through this life are everywhere in the Word of God. I'm, I'm, I've been thinking, God Almighty, I'm so glad you didn't call me, me to, to heaven when I was 74. I've learned a lot at 75. You know, Abraham was just beginning at 75. That could be me. Yeah, I feel like I'm 35. Do I look like I'm 35? No, no. <laughs> Say, absolutamente no. Say it. Absolutamente no. Absolutely not. Okay. So in Genesis 6, 5, it says, Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that, listen, every intent of the thoughts of his heart was, not, was only evil continually. And when I see what's going on in our, in our world, I'm saying to the body of Christ, we should be prepared. We must be prepared for worse times than these. Well, are you a naysayer, Pastor? Are you, are you a doubter? What? No. No, it's going to get worse and worse. Evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse. We're seeing it. We're seeing the Bible tell us what's going to happen. So what should we do? We should lean into Jesus more and more. That's what the law, what the law says. Yeah. And so, and in Genesis 8.21, 8, Genesis 8.21, um, 
uh, he says, the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake. I'll never again. Although the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth, nor will I again destroy every living thing as I have done. So what God, what God is saying is that I, I, he found um, a way out for us, and that is Jesus Christ. Uh, we've had many, many thoughts about Christ, and we have taken the message of Jesus to the world. I want you to take the message of Jesus to your neighborhood, to your friends. Jesus is our solution. Jesus is our only hope. Jesus is the one who is our redeemer and restorer. So that's what uh, all of this frustration in our lives, uh, these frustrations do. They bring us to Christ. Verse 19 says, For the good that I will to do, I do not do. But the evil I will not I will not to do that I practice. Now if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it but sin that dwells in me. Man. God, who who's going to help me, God? Who who's going to deliver me, God? He said, I find in a law that evil is present with me. The one I'm the one who wills to do good. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. I delight in the law of God, but I don't find out how to do it. Peter, at 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 3 and 4, Peter says, Do not let your adornment be merely outward. He didn't say, you know, don't dress yourself up. But don't let it just be that. Arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. So Peter is helping us as well to walk in, in, uh, by the Holy Spirit and always defer to the living Holy Spirit in you. Defer to the Spirit of God, not your own inclinations. Because what feels right oftentimes with us isn't right. So if you're going by the way, oh, it just felt right. Or that person, I just, there was something about them. I just believed them from the beginning. And, and they are the biggest deceiver. So you follow the Holy Spirit. So God has done something in the believer. He has brought you from the, the domination of the law. He's brought you from that rulership. He's brought you from the realm of sin and death. So that you and I might do the same as Jesus. The Bible says that Jesus, when he rose from the grave, the life that he now lives, he lives to God. He lives Godward. And so now, by the indwelling Holy Spirit, you are now able to live Godward. Yeah, that's, that's really big. But, but, but there's still something in your members. You don't have to obey it. You don't have to obey it. God has empowered you so that you don't have to obey those fleshly inclinations. You just don't have to. Amen. So Paul says in verse 22, For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind. The, the, that inner man, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. And so he said, O wretched man that I am, 
So Paul saw the frustration. He says, oh, wretched man that I am. You know, Paul got angry sometimes. I remember uh, he said on one occasion when uh, the, the, this guy slapped him when he was talking to the high priest. Paul didn't know it was a high priest. And, and, uh, and so he, he said, God's going to smite you, you whitewashed wall. And the guy said, ah, you talk to the high priest like so I didn't know it was the high priest. <laughs> hey, you, you've had one of those moments. You don't want to admit it. God is going to smite you, you whitewashed wall. Here you are judging me by the law and smite me contrary to the law. Oh, Paul, too much learning. Are you with me? So, but we don't have to yield to that. Oh, I'm going to sin, therefore. No. The Bible never says anywhere I found in the New Testament, oh, you're going to sin. It says if you sin. You have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Boy, there we go again. We're back to Jesus. And so let us embrace him. Let us embrace him. Let us love him. Paul, Paul says, oh, wretched man that I am. In Romans 6, uh, 19, Paul says, I speak in human terms. In Romans 6, 19, he says, I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanness and of lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now, why, you're in a different realm now, so now present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. So what Paul is saying is that now God has given you and me enablement. But by the living Holy Spirit living within us, we have the enablement to give God what he he desires. Yeah. This is amazing. And, and James, let me read James 4.1. I must read James 4.1. He says, James 4.1, chapter 4, verse 1. James 4.1. Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your mem members? So what James is saying is that you have all the, these issues and problems because you want what you want when you want it. And that's the issue. We have to deny the flesh. And then, uh, let me read it again. Paul says, oh, wretched man that I am. And that's where many of us camp out. Oh, wretched man that I am. Lord, I can't help myself. But that's not where he stops. He says, who will deliver me from this body of death? If you've never been frustrated as a Christian, you've not lived right. It's because I'm trying. I want to do it. So God says, allow me to do it in you. I want you to know these words, no. Say to your flesh, no. He says, he says, who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Who will deliver me from this body of death? And Paul tells us, I never knew that Paul was, this was so connected to Romans. He, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 51 and 52, he tells us when Paul asks the question, Paul also, through the Holy Spirit, gives us the answer in 1 Corinthians 15, 51 and 52. He says, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. 
but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. Oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God. But with the flesh, the law of sin. He says in 1 Corinthians 15, 57, he says, But God be thanked, but thanks be to God, who gives us the victory over all that frustration, over all that I want to do good, I want to do the right thing. He says, but thanks be to God, who gives us, who gifts us with the victory. How does he do it? Through our Lord, Jesus Christ. So, who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Amen. I'm going to come back in just a minute.